I'm Tara Gray, and today in Henrico, my guest is Karen Legato, Executive Director of the nonprofit Health Brigade, formerly known as Fan Free Clinic. Hi, Karen. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure. So on the website, under history, you will find the mission. And in all capital letters, you'll see Health Brigade is proud to be an inclusive organization. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, Health Brigade, you know, has been around now for 50 years. And yes, I um, saw that you guys just celebrated 50 years. Yes, we did. We're in our in our 50th year right now. So um, and it's so interesting to be in another pandemic, having worked through the HIV AIDS pandemic. Um, but yes, part of the work that we do is working with marginalized communities. And so our work has always been about uh, inclusion and social justice. And so our early roots um, were part of the free university movement. And we were protesting during the Vietnam War and helping to take care of people during that time. And so we've always been committed to those most marginalized and those most stigmatized that were lacking access to quality health care services. Okay, which is probably that's going to tie into my next question. How did Health Brigade begin? Yeah, actually, we started as a, a student clinic. Um, and it was at the time when um, birth control was actually illegal um, yeah. for women. And so uh, we were running a birth control clinic. Uh, we were run by all volunteer um, professionals. And then we eventually started doing primary care as part of that. And we were serving folks who were experiencing homelessness um, as well as anyone else who didn't have insurance and had, didn't have anywhere to go. And then of course, in the eighties, the when the AIDS pandemic hit, we were perfectly positioned to work with the community that was facing the obstacles from all of that. And that's when we really got a lot of goodwill around our, our willingness and our boldness in reaching out to those populations that are often ignored or alienated from our current society. Okay. Your services include primary care, which you spoke about, mental yep. health, yes. health outreach, mm -hmm. needle exchange, and trans yep. health. Did Correct. you want to just quickly touch a little bit on each one of those? Sure. Um, the most important thing to know about what we do is that we approach the person in a holistic perspective. So we believe health is about body, mind, spirit. Um, their emotional health is just as important as their physical health. And um, so in our approach to all of these services, we try to integrate our primary medical services with also um, behavioral health and uh, the social determinants of health, which helps people with things like housing and and food and all of the necessary parts of life that help people to be healthy. So um, our mental health and primary care are generally on site that we're doing all of our work right now remotely and we're only bringing in those folks who have to be seen in person because of the pandemic. But our health outreach services are actually um, out in the community generally and we do HIV testing, um, linking people to care and our and our newest service which is now in its second year is our syringe exchange program 
And that program is now has a fourth site. We are mobile in the community and we do offer that service one day a week on site at the clinic. Um, and we're doing it from outside right now. Uh, but that is addressing those individuals who are using drugs and are at risk for HIV and hep C. And so we do a lot of education and resource during that, making sure they have clean supplies. And we also um, are providing them with Narcan, which is a life-saving medication that reverses overdose. Okay. Are, is this by appointment only? Um, our medical services are by appointment only. Our health outreach services, depending um, on what you're looking for. So, for example, with the syringe exchange, there is a number that can be called. And I don't have that number in front of me, um, but okay. it's on our website. And um, and we hand out cards in the community, but that there's a number to be called on that that uh, lets people know where to go. And um, once you get registered, then you're already in the loop and you can kind of pick up what you need at any of our sites. All right. I think this is probably a good time to share the website and the content information. And then if you would like to share the phone number in the hours for, I guess, well, when that goes back and things are a little yeah. bit back to normal. Yeah. Um, so the website is www.healthbrigade.org. And okay. when you open up that site, you'll actually see uh, uh, something come up on COVID resources. And, and one says for patients, one says for staff and board. And if you click on the patient ones, there's a whole list of everything we have going on right now, how the services are operating. Um, okay. We are keeping our normal hours, which are 9 to 5, Monday through Thursday, and 9 to 12 on Friday. Um, so it's if people call our main number, the 358-6343, they're going to get our, our normal receptionist who is going to direct their call to whichever department it needs to go to um, or to help them set up an appointment. or So it's just like as if we were on site the entire time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Health Brigade is recognized as a patient-centered medical home. For listeners, what does that mean? That basically means that we use a uh, team approach in how we care for the whole individual and that the goal of a a patient-centered medical home is to make sure that you are centering the care specifically on the patient. So it's not about how well we can deliver the services as staff. It's really about how where how well do we treat the whole person in a systematic way. And so it's important that the patient is part of their own healthcare process. We make sure that they have care navigation. We make sure they're connected to the resources they need. And we make sure they fully understand that they are a partner in their health care. And so by becoming their patient-centered medical home, it's really establishing this strong relationship with the patient and the team, the medical and, and mental health team that serves them. And that's a national recognition um, that uh, clinics often achieve when they're trying to meet all the standards of a patient-centered medical home. Got it. Okay. How has COVID affected the nonprofit? Um, that's been huge, um, as it is for everybody yeah. in our country, I think. So it's not just the nonprofits, but for a nonprofit like Health, of course, yeah, like Health Brigade, it's it's um, 
you know, we're in our wheelhouse for um, working with patients who are used to um, living on the limits of society. So they're already struggling with so many things um, uh, because of their lack of resources and any stigma and so forth. So when you add COVID to that, it just exponentially creates more obstacles. Um, fortunately, because this is the work we generally do, we have good relationships with our patients and our clients. And so we were able to pivot really quickly into using virtual platforms to reach out to folks. But one of the things I'll tell you that, you know, is very creative about how our staff has been able to do some of this work is, for example, in our Ryan White um, Part B program, that is a program that that offers case management services and ensures that people who are living with HIV are able to actually maintain their their uh, health and get their medications and so forth. And in some cases, because these are folks that are older and living with this chronic illness, we've had our staff actually go and sit out on the porch with patients to just help with the isolation. Um, you know, sitting the six feet apart and wearing masks and all of that, yeah. but they've really gone the extra mile. And then, of course, we're doing testing right. as well. So we do testing every Saturday through the summer uh, for COVID-19, and that's from 9 to 11 for anybody who's uninsured with a particular focus on um, the Latino or Latinx community. Okay, great. You shared the website. Is there any social media you would like to share? Yeah, we're actually on Facebook as well. Um, and I don't have the, um, <laughs> I don't have the actual address in front of us, but we are, uh, okay. we are on Facebook. We're also on okay. Instagram. Um, and all of that can be found out if you go to our website or go out on Facebook. Yes. Yes. It's right at the top, right? Yeah. Facebook, Twitter, yeah. Instagram. <laughs> okay. Ways to volunteer and or donate. Obviously that has been affected. Yeah. So let's just talk about yeah, if listeners huge. would like to help. Um, any kind of funding right now, no matter how small is extremely important because we have more needs to meet and we're trying to sustain our operations and our staff to keep delivering services. So um, again, uh, checks can be mailed in or you can go on online to donate. Um, and in terms of volunteers, we actually have a volunteer program of people go on on our website. Um, they can sign up for volunteers and we have a volunteer coordinator who will be in touch with them. Um, there are limitations right now because of the uh, virus, um, but they, we are still utilizing volunteers in various ways. Okay, perfect. Karen, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. A lot of good information shared. Thank you so thank much. You I appreciate you taking the time and giving us some airtime. Oh, I'm happy to. I am happy to. My pleasure to speak with you and help you guys share everything that you're doing. Thanks. So I hope you have a great you day. You too. Bye-bye.